Do I stay or do I go? Not just a great song lyric, but also a question a lot of veteran ag teachers are asking themselves. Teacher longevity and success in the profession. That's today's topic on Owl Pellets. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Welcome back, Owl Pellets fans. We're here with uh, Jenny Vandehoven and Adam Marks to talk a little bit about some work that they've been doing. Welcome, Jenny and Adam. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm Jenny Vandehoven. I've been teaching 10 years, uh, 7th and 12th grade here in Medina, North Dakota. Um, and I was working on... Um, finishing up my master's degree, which led to being here with all of you today. I don't know if I've ever heard such enthusiasm about somebody being that excited to be here with us today. By the way, I'm here too. This is Kate. Come on, Mike. What the heck? Welcome, Kate. (laughs) Thanks so much. Adam. Howdy. I'm back. Really excited to be here too. No. Um, uh, yeah, Jenny uh, was working on her master's with with me at North Dakota State University. Um, she working on it uh, part time while she was teaching, and um, which she may she she'll tell a little bit more about this probably later. But um, she's really had a, a integral role in leadership statewide with uh, our state teachers association, and um, you know one of the things that she's really been interested in is trying to make sure that we do enough for teachers in the state to keep them in the profession and figure those things out. And so in essence, that's where, where the plans came to do, to do this work. I have a few starting questions though, before we get into the actual topic. So I I don't know if you all who are listening know, Adam is our most recorded published podcast guest. I feel like you've been on here enough to be part of the Alpel. Because like we re- we screwed up recordings like five times in a row before, but it's not going to happen on this one. I saw Mike has already pressed record. Like we're good to go. Well, I think I think that um, you know I think that the the principal antagonist is uh, absent from uh, from this podcast, um, which you know Brian was a basically the cause of all the other issues. So uh, I'm going to, I know that I was actually the cause of one, but I'm going to go with what you're saying and totally agree. Also, he where has, the heck he are you? really broad shoulders. What? Where are you? I'm looking at your screen and like, you've got, you look like you're in some absolutely gorgeous lodge with like Peter. Uh, it's my house. Like, it is not your house. <laughs> it is my house. Really? You've got like a massive stone fireplace in there. Yes. I am so, wait a minute. Really? That's your house? Because it's yes. like, it's gorgeous over there. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. But I've heard that the weather is really crummy, right? Uh, no, it's 20 degrees today. We got two inches of snow overnight. It's beautiful. 
Yeah. Okay, but if you're saying that 20 degrees is beautiful, I'm out. <laughs> but man, it looks nice from the inside. Well, the the high the high last Thursday was like negative 15 or something like that. Okay, well, so I can understand why the inside of your home needs to look absolutely stunning so that you well, we we have plenty of sledding hills. We make we make uh, we make use of the time uh, of the winter time. Well, good. I'm glad since you have so much of it. So, we what do. are we? What are we? Now that I've commented on um, all the the external aspects, what are we talking about today? Um, well, this study came about um, being ten years into the profession. I kind of, you know, you get to start being burnt out, and when Dr. Marks asked me what I want to do my research on it like retention came to mind right away and in that journey I found this study done by Clemens and Lindner so I reached out to them and they were able to work with me and so the study comes to be about future longevity and success in the profession so basically what what why are we remaining in the profession um, and not what basically drives us to be in the profession, but why we want to remain in the classroom after so many years. And that's interesting because so many, I, I think research shows, and I'm going to get the number wrong, but research shows that like a good chunk, maybe half or so end up switching, not just teachers, but in general, people switch careers. You know, there, there's a lot of career jumping now. So um, what'd you find? Why do people stay? And thank goodness they, they do. Right. Because I would hope that those that are, that are not great in the classroom head out and do something else, but that those that are really good there stick around if that's where their talent is. So what did you find? Why do they stay? Well, some of the major things were support from the administration, whether it's state staff or school administration, um, and then employer benefits. These are, of course, the North. This is the North Dakota study, um, and then we found, like, when we interviewed about basically like FFA questions, like for North Dakota, collaboration among other egg teachers was the biggest thing that we came that came out of that part of the study. So these and are then, their buddies. These right. are their friends. They want to keep hanging out with their friends. Right. And then, like, the student successes, they were up there on the list, but they weren't in, the, like, the top three reasons why egg teachers were staying in North Dakota. Um, and then we found with our personal and professional, that all went back to the profession, too. It wasn't really about family support and things like that. It was more about their love and enjoyment of agriculture um, and curriculum development and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, I've heard other people say like, well, I'd like to retire, but, you know, or I'd like to go do something else, but I've, you know, got 15 years toward my retirement and I don't really want to, you know, like start all over and do something different. So I've heard those. Um, it's interesting about the student success because we find as, you know, young people starting the profession that so much of their drive is put into student success and those contests and, you know, like moving, getting plaques and moving those forward, which actually lead to burnout. But those are not the reasons people stay. Okay. There is one part where like their, 
the egg teacher's past FFA experience has led to them to stay in the profession. But then my question to that is if their like their past FFA experience with their students or their past experience as a student. So, I mean, I can't ask those people that question, but I would really like to. Yeah. Sure. Be an opportunity to look at uh, a future study and kind of uh, drill down a little bit, which would be good. So, right. one one thing related to the findings that I that I found interesting was that you looked at different career types. So, I know a lot of times we always think about beginning uh, teachers, but uh, you really kind of took a look at uh, beginning teachers, mid career teachers, as well as uh, you know veteran teachers, and kind of looked at those stages of, of careers. So. What was what was any surprises there? Anything that really kind of um, made some sense to you, or you were able to make some sense out of with uh, comparing those two? I don't think there were a lot of differences between the age groups, um, besides like some of the benefit factors. Um, being like a first year through third year teacher. They weren't so worried about the health benefits or retirement package, but once you got into your mid-career and you know your um, teachers that have been teaching for a long time, that was really important to them. Mm-hmm. But across the board, that was important pretty much across the board. But when you broke down the age groups, then it, that kind of shuffled out of the mix. But okay. early right. career teachers. One thing that. Uh... What was interesting is when we did break this down, and I can't remember exactly how we reported it in that abstract that that you all read, um, but in her full study, we broke it down just to compare the top five items among um, early, mid, and late career teachers. And essentially, they had all the same items in their top five. They were just in different order, okay. um, which which was really pretty interesting. I mean, the, the difference with like, uh, later career, more experienced teachers is they had, um, one item came into their top five that wasn't in the other two, um, was, uh, having students participate in leadership training events. Um, and there were some of those like things that were less about team development, more about recognizing the individual side of, uh, of student growth and, and so forth. So, I mean, read into that what you will, but it's kind of an interesting um, interesting piece to it as well. Now, if I'm a teacher listening to this, I know we can't have, like, I mean, it's obviously not like cause and effect, um, but if I'm wanting to think about my ability to withstand many years in the profession or to still be excited about my job, um, you know, as I, as I continue onward. Um, so making good connections and, and, and having that good social interaction with the ag teachers was something that maybe I'm listening as a teacher right now. And I'm thinking like, Oh, okay, what do I get out of this? Right. So building those relationships with the ag teachers, um, and building administrative support. Yeah, based on what we had in this one, yes. I mean, really, no matter what stage of the career you're in, you need to be conscientious about engaging 
your administrators. And which, you know, the more and more that I travel around to all the different schools where I've got student teachers and so forth, uh, <laughs> and it seems like it's accelerating every year. Um, for ag teachers, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Um, you have a lot of administrator turnover, whether it's principal, principal, superintendent, whatever. You're lucky to get you're lucky to get them trained in, so to speak, and then they're they're moving on. Um, and so it's it seems like that aspect of it can be um, could be something that's perceived as pretty daunting. But I think that as ag teachers, we're all we have this kind of innate ability i mean we have to promote right we're we're we have an elective and with regard to ensuring that our programs survive we have to be cognizant about how we promote and how we engage administrators so that they also find the value of our programs in the school systems no matter how you approach that but I think Jenny has some good examples of that as she's been in the career for 10 years. So I just think it's really important to have those conversations. I, we, our school went through a budgeting problem a couple of years ago and they were going to cut my summer contract. So you, you almost go into the fight or flight sort of thing, you know, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, meetings happen so fast. You pretty much have to, get your stuff together right away. And I actually started talking to my administrator before some of the meetings with the school board happened. And what I found to that, like my realization was he really didn't understand what was going on in the program and how much time those activities took me in my summer contract. And uh, I mean, they pretty much called off all the meetings because I, I kept all my hours and so forth. But just having that conversation with him and making him realize, you know, what I'm doing. And I think, I think egg teachers need to realize that maybe your administration or your school board just don't know. And then, you, you know, what I do now after my summer break is I always go into the school board and I go over with what I did that summer. And it's just something that I do now. And That's a great idea, like before they ask. Yeah. Say, hey, I'm going to just share with you my summer report. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of those things that, that we all need to do because we assume that everybody knows what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And everybody, especially administrators and school board, are uh, busy doing their own thing. They don't know what teachers are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So unless we educate them and inform and, and help those administrators advocate for you, they don't know. So um, I think building that relationship and that rapport and that communication two ways and not wait until you get in a situation where um, you're in trouble or to, of being cut or any of those kind of things. So be proactive and, and communicate so that, uh, that the conversation never gets to that point. Yeah, and I, and I think that tends to be, I mean, I think um, challenges with Challenges between administrators and teachers tends to be one of the things that I hear the most in working with in-service teachers around the state um, uh, and around the country, for that matter. And you know, thinking back to my own experience in the high school classroom, it, it was uh, 
I was lucky to have good administrators, but, um, you know, there were other factors that, that made the situation good as well. Like advisory groups and alumni groups and things like that, that create a supportive environment for your program. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I have, there's a number of very, very, very good teachers around our state that have asked that I've asked to serve as a cooperating teacher for student teachers. And I would say the number one reason that many of them say no is I want to wait until we get a different principal or I want to wait until we get a different superintendent because I don't, the culture in the school isn't as good as it could be right now or whatever. And, uh, and I think that the findings of, of Jenny's study really, um, brought some of that to bear again. I was like, okay, it's not just so-and-so at this school and -and so-and-so at that school. It's, it's a, it's a much more common thing, um, that, that causes, you know, ag teachers, obviously press pause, whatever in their own positions. So, so Jenny, uh, um, Adam talked a little bit about your leadership at the kind of at the state level. Um, so how, how have you used this study and have you, have you been able to take anything away from that to help with at the state level with professional development or what's changed in North Dakota as a result of some of your work? So far I haven't had the opportunity, but I was talking to a bunch of ag teachers yesterday because we've just done some reorganization with our professional development committee on the, and our teacher educator. Um, and so we have a new committee. And so what I want to do is go and present my work to that committee and so that they can kind of take that information and maybe run with it and develop professional development for our egg teachers around that. Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I think a really important piece of that is thinking about this in a stratified way and not just approaching it as we're offering a precision ag workshop for all teachers, but, you know, we need to, we need to be, continue to do things. And I think that some of Jenny's work is also, and just some of her insights have also played a role, though. Um, you know, last year we had the Accelerate program uh, here in the state and that, uh, teachers that the mid-career teachers that participated in that really found a lot of benefit as I think most teachers around the country that have been participating in that, um, are seeing some benefit out of that. Um, you know, and we can't just, we can't just focus as she's pointing out, we can't just focus on the needs of, you know, our induction phase teachers. We've got to, we've got to, everybody has needs to stay, um, hungry in this profession. And I think that, that, that we need to, to try to make sure we're, we're helping them along those, that way. Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit recently. I, I don't know if all the podcasts have been published, but I know we've talked to a lot of people about those different stages um, and, and your priorities shift, but there are always priorities. Mm-hmm. Well, Jenny and Adam, this was uh, some great work. We enjoyed talking to you about uh, that today. Kate, it was great to have you a part of the podcast. You and I haven't collaborated uh, recently, so it was I nice know. I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's been forever since we, although it's tough, like with all our conference stuff, I go one direction and you go the other and 
Yeah. So our ability to actually like overlap, but that I think is maybe, I don't know, some of the nice part with having four folks on here is frees up all of our time just a little bit. Granted, I hate when I can't be on here, but, and then I will admit, like, I'll tell everybody, I forgot my microphone at home for like a solid month. And every time a podcast would come in, I was like, I can't participate. I don't have a microphone. So I finally remembered it today because I did not want to pass up the chance to talk to Jenny and Adam again and reconnect with you, Mike, finally. And it's nice. You throw yourself under the bus so I don't have to about the microphone. (laughs) I knew it was going to happen. I was just going to put it out there. And honestly, I figured if there was a day to do it, I was going to do it when Marshall and Brian weren't here. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, again, Jenny and Adam, thanks very much. Your work uh, talking about longevity factors and uh, success in the classroom and the work that you've done with uh, the North Dakota Ag teachers is uh, a great work and certainly can influence and impact uh, professional development, not only for you, but certainly uh, provide some uh, other states uh, some food for thought as well. So we appreciate your time and uh, thanks for joining Owl Pellets today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>